Many times, something will always have to come to challenge your faith as a believer. Very many times, your faith will be tried. So Paul is saying to us, be that an example of the believer in spirit. That is to say that we have to be spiritually inclined with what believers should do. There is how believers think. There's how their mindset is. They have faith. They have God in it. And they don't have God in something and still think that the thing is going to fail. Faith is on how much you know your God is powerful and how powerful you know your God is. So if you know your God is big, then you can actually do big things. The Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So we can have the same God. But I know my God better than you know your God. So because I know my God, I am strong and I do exploits. And you don't know your God. So the thing is not that our God changes. We may be saving the same God. But the truth is on the measure of how you know your God. The way you know your God makes you behave the way you behave when you have problems. If you know your God to be a very feeble God and your God is not powerful, when trouble happens, you'll be running around looking for who is going to help you out. But if you know my God is powerful, it won't bother you. So Paul is telling Timothy to have the faith of believers. There is a faith that believers have. Don't run away from your village and say, I don't go to my village or they will kill me. No, you don't have the faith of believers. You don't look like believers in faith. It's not that your family is not powerful, but now you are leaning on the powerful God. So I can't be walking with God that is so powerful and I'll be running. Imagine if you are living with a teacher or maybe you are living with a principal and you wanted to go to school and the principal's house is very close to the school and the principal said, wait, let's go together so you can hold my back. And you are now holding the principal's back. And the senior student is telling everybody, kneel down there from the gate. Everybody kneel down. And you're walking with the principal. It would be very silly that you are walking with the principal. You are even with the principal's back. And you are kneeling down. The principal can even slap you. So now there's a faith of people that are walking with God. It's called the faith of the believers. So you can't walk with God and act like you're not with God. It's an insult to God. How come you trust your uncle that is a soldier more than God? in charity so we'll continue from there because the next part is in spirits in faith in purity be an example of the believers in spirits yeah that is to say spiritually you should also be like a believer so what does it take to be example of the believers in spirit? What it means is that when somebody calls you a believer or what we call a Christian 
or a child of God. There's a certain level the person is expecting you to flow spiritually. There's a level somebody's expecting you to flow spiritually if you are a child of God. So if you are a child of God and you are not flowing in that level spiritually, then you are fall hands. There's something called falling of hands. Do you know what is called falling of hands? Yes, it means you've fallen hands. Yeah, so what it means is that a child of God must be able to be above some certain things spiritually. Like, you can't tell me you're a believer and witches and wizards scratch you in the night. You have fallen hands. You can't tell me that you're a believer and you pack out of a house because somebody threatened to kill you. Maybe a landlord of a particular visiting house and so on threatened to kill you and you back run. Or you can't be a believer and you don't go to your village again because people in your village are witches and wizards. The Bible says that you should be an example of the believers in spirit. You should carry the spirit of a believer. Kai. Do you understand that message at all? Yeah, so it should be an example. That's why when they say, believers, children of God, let us fast. And you don't fast. I pity for your life. Because it is in fasting and in prayers that you become an example of the believers in spirit. Because being an example of the believers in spirit is that you must be able to carry the spirit of the believers. It's not just in the dress. You can be an example of the believers in the way you dress. You dress how believers dress. It's very simple. You just wear something. Wear tie. Wear straight, straight cuts. Don't wear jeans. No. Straight cuts. That's the uniform of the believers. Straight cuts. Nice, nice clothes like that. No bangle. Okay, believers, 21st century believers have started putting on bangle. Just straight, straight things like that. When you shake somebody, tell the person, God bless you. When you want to unshake the person, you tell the person, God bless you also. So... All that is just camouflage. If you are not an example of the believers in spirits. So, spiritually, you must look like the person that you're following, which is God. You must be like Christ that you're following. Spiritually, you must be able to be like him. So that's why Paul is saying to Timothy, be thou an example of the believers in spirits. So that is to say, even when you are wearing jeans, I remember there was a time one guy was repairing my phone. I was calling him to finish up the phone so I can take it to school. And so the guy was telling me, somebody picked the call and told me that the guy is not feeling fine. He's rolling on the floor. He's stomach pain. He's having severe stomach pain. Have you felt so much severe stomach pain? And it looks like you're going to die before. The guy was rolling on the floor. He felt so much pain. So I was on this way. I said, okay, no problem. I will branch and check him before I go to school. I was in the university of you. That should have been my 300 level or so. So I was passing down there. And I branched his shop. And I asked him, how far? Where is... And I saw people gathering. He was on the ground struggling. He has drank. There are some things uh, people drink when they are feeling stomach pain. He had drunk. I don't know the names of drugs. So the guy had drunk the drugs. And he was not feeling fine. He was still rolling on the floor. He was helpless. People were there trying to help him. Nowhere. Crowd was much. I just in the shop about 20 persons or so. I asked what's wrong with him. They said trivia stomach pain and so on. I was wearing jean and a polo. I was heading to school. Jean, polo, and so on. And uh, I said, Is what's wrong with him? He said, stomach pain. I said, okay, no problem. I just moved to him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that you get healed now. 
In Jesus' name, amen. And I told him, wake up and repair my phone. And I left. <laughs> that was a back road. Before I reached school, I saw two missed calls in my phone. And it was him. So I called him. His name was Johnson. And I called him. I said, Johnson, how far? He said, ah, pastor, I'm fine now. The moment you left, I became healed. And I said, how, what really happened to you? He said, I have been severely sick. Stomach ache from 3 a.m. Till that morning. 3 a.m. Because they sleep in the shop. They are those people, guys. They sleep in the shop. 3 a.m. It was rolling on the floor. Till that morning, about 9 o'clock when I was heading to school. So he now said, I'm completely fine now. I said, are you okay? He said, I'm completely fine. I said, then, then that's to say, by 12 o'clock, I'll have my phone. He said, yes, okay. Repay my phone. I'm coming to get it. So, you see, when I went into the place, I don't think anybody there believed I was a pastor because I was wearing jean, polo. Then I used to wear chain. I hung some chain. I used to have some chain, like dog. I had one chain. <laughs> I had chain around my neck. I was wearing trainers. Knowing you are going to school now. <laughs> but is it being an example of believer in spirit is very, very important. In spirit. Very, very important. So that's what Paul is telling us. To be that an example of believer in spirit. Let there be a spirit to a spirit conversation with God. Let it be that God can be able to, to assess you. Be like God. You know, we have not really seen God. We don't know the kind of clothes you wear. But spiritually, we can be like God. So that's what Paul is telling you. Be thou an example of believers in spirits. Let it be that when spiritual things happen, somebody can call you as a believer. If somebody dies in your compound now and they rush and call you, what will happen? Many years ago, somebody knocked at my door at 7 a.m. Knocked at my door. I said, what happened? They said, my, it was a neighbor that was living very close to us. That neighbor didn't used to come to our church, but sometimes if they are traveling, they would send their children to come and worship with us. So we used to go there, carry the children sometime. They heated the door that the man is calling me. And this is a man that we only see on the road. Hello, sir. Hello. They said, the man is calling me. I said, ah, is there any problem? They said, no problem. He's calling you. If they had told me there's problem, I would have known what to do, whether to run or something. They said, no problem. I said, no problem? He said, yes. Okay, I'm coming. I dressed up. Moved to the house. The wife was on the floor. They were crying, shouting, Honey, wake up. Honey, wake up. Please don't die and leave me with these children. Please don't die. We started praying. To be an example of the believers in spirit is that there are things that you are going to encounter that you didn't pray for, that you didn't plan for. So it's not something that you really plan for. You said, I'm planning tomorrow. I'm going to raise the dead. You know, I'm planning and enter fasting. No. It's just that something will just happen and take you on away. And your faith will be tested if you are a child of God. So they were crying. Wake up, honey. Honey, wake up. Honey, wake up. And the moment I stepped in, they said, hey, pastor has come. Everybody now give chance. I said, ah, don't give chance. So let's keep trying to check if she wake up. <laughs> so we prayed. I said, let us pray. We started praying. We started praying. That's why whenever you see Jesus want to raise the dead, he tells everybody to go outside. Because the people that are inside can make you lose concentration. So we'll be praying, 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 praying. And the husband will say, honey, are you still going to die and leave me? Oh my God, let's call the doctor. We are praying. <laughs> it got to a point, saliva started coming out. The woman's white eyes started showing. 
wasn't looking like. So we prayed, we've prayed, and the people that you are praying with are not saying amen because they're looking at the woman's face. Hey. So later on, after a long while, I now remember about two or three cases I have prayed for somebody who was either dead or half dead to come back to life. I now remember those three cases. So when I remember the three cases, I started thinking, what did I do that day that that sister came back? What did I really do? So my mind just told me, you worship God. After you prayed and it didn't work, you worshiped God. So I now said, okay, let me worship God. So I now started worshiping God. I started singing. Started singing. At this point, the man has started calling the parents of the, the, the woman. The parents of the woman were living very close, and so on. But the woman's mother was working at the secretariat and so on. So they were just calling, Hello, ma, have you started coming for work? Please, I want you to come to the house down. Something has just happened. Please come with the brothers. So I started calling the relatives of the wife. That it's going to end. So we started praying. Praying. And later on, I started worshiping God. I left them because they were not. In my prayer team, again, they were crying. They were in their crying team. So I started worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. I just worshiped God. I just forgot about what was happening. And it was just me, the man, and two children like that. So I was worshiping God. As I was worshiping God, I closed my eyes. I didn't even want to open my eyes. As I was worshiping God, I now started hearing that the voice have increased. It's no longer one person. It's now two, three. Because at a point, the man joined me worshiping God. So I now felt it was two pep- I had two voices now. Me and some other person. Later on, I now heard another voice. And it wasn't a child's voice. It was a mature person's voice. So I now opened my eye, one eye. And now saw, I now saw that the woman had stood up. So I was now happy. It was now exciteful. It now gave me boldness to now start worshiping God the more. So as at this time, the parents were calling and were calling, what is happening? Should we come with a car? What's wrong with your wife? Can we talk to your wife? And so on. And the man started picking the call and said, don't problem, no problem. We can go to your work, no problem. God has helped us out. My wife almost died, no problem. Yeah. So that's how we did it. So what am I saying? That many times, something will always have to come to challenge your faith. As a believer, very many times, something will have to, you may, sometimes you get married and sometimes in the house, it looks like your wife is going to die and leave you. You lay hands and pray her back to life. Very many times your faith will be, will be tried. And it is that when you have the same spirit with God, that's when you'll be able to do the things that God does. So Paul is saying to us, be that an example of the believer in spirit. That is to say that we have to be spiritually inclined with what believers should do. Is it amazing? All right, the next one is what? Be thou an example of believers in spirit, in what? In faith. In faith. What does it mean to be an example of believers in faith? That is to say, we should have the same faith believers have. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence not seen. So there is how believers think. There is how believers think. There's how they reason. When somebody's a believer, there's how he reasons. He doesn't reason failure. He doesn't reason unless if I say I don't like that thing, maybe I don't want to do it, or maybe or something, or if I maybe say something, a business or something you introduce to me, and I say no, I don't want to do it. Maybe I don't want to do it, but something, but there is how believers think, there's how they believe, there's how they there's how their mindset is. They have faith. 
they have God in it. And they don't have God in something and still think that the thing is going to fail. So there is how believers believe. There's how they feel. A believer can come into a particular place and wants to use the place for business and see that they say ah, three persons have left the place so they cannot sell anything. The man who owns the place is a juju man. If you don't have these and that, that so, so, that, that, so, uh, whatever, 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 whatever. There's a rat that comes and eats the money and all of that and so on. So you will not be able to use the place and so on. There is how a believer thinks. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there's how believers think. There's how they understand. Because faith is on how much you know your God is powerful. On how powerful you know your God is. Or how big you know your God is. So if you know your God is big, then you cannot actually do big things. The Bible says... This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So we can have the same God. But I know my God better than you know your God. So because I know my God, I am strong and I do exploits. And you don't know your God. So the thing is not that our God changes. It's where said, oh, your God is my God. I really love. No, it's, we may be saving the same God. But the truth is that on the measure of how you know your God. So if you know your God, the way you know your God makes you behave the way you behave when you have problems. How you know your God determines how you're going to behave when you have problems. If you know your God to be a very feeble God and your God is not powerful, when trouble happens, you'll be fencing around, you'll be running around looking for how who is going to help you out. But if you know my God is powerful, it, it won't bother you. It won't bother you whatever thing happens. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I know my God is powerful and somebody says he's going to kill me, I laugh. One of my friends, a white man, actually added me up to his group. That group, he has some pastors all over the world. And after some while, I had started seeing that some pastors in Nigeria have been added to the group. And there is this Uche. The guy is very, very saucy. He doesn't behave well. Doesn't behave well. But he's a pastor from Nigeria, from about or whatever. He doesn't behave well. He behaves very, very arrogant. I mean, I don't like proud people. The reason why I don't like proud people is that pride is contagious. I don't want to be proud. So I exonerate myself from proud people. I don't want to get too close to proud people so that, because if you start being proud, you won't know. So this Uche is very, very saucy and proud. So sometimes the white people will be posting something because white people are very, very sincere. Very sincere. White man can tell you, oh, thank you very much. You have taught me something I've never known before. And he can be a very big pastor. If, if you see my book, recommendations for my book, Closing the Back Door of the Church, you see what white people write. You see so much sincerity that you feel like crying. Bob Harding wrote in my book, he said that in his 50 years in ministry, he has never read a book as powerful as that. I felt so shy. White people are very, very open. So... The man was talking. Okay, the man was saying, I am sick, please. I want the body of Christ to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. This Uche. This Uche. Now told the man, if you want healing, inbox me now. This is a very big man of God. Very great, powerful man of God. That has churches in over, he has over 70 branches across the world, including Africa, Gambia, um, Zambia, many, many places. This Uche. I'm not sure he has a successful fellowship. If you want healing, inbox me now. And I went in and now to Paris, Benjamin Paris, Bishop. I said, Bishop, please, permit me to deal with this, uh, this guy, this Uche. Let me remove him. We are Nigerians. We know how we talk. Let me remove this guy. 
because people were now trying to be calm with him and so on. I said, let me deal with this guy. I now wrote him, posted him something. I said, Uche, be very careful of yourself. You are very saucy and arrogant. And you are not a child of God. So the Uche now told me, if you say any more thing to me, I'll kill you. <laughs> Uche told me, I'll kill you. I'll make you sleep and not wake up. He told me, any more word from you, I'll make you sleep and not wake up. I've killed three persons last year. He was just talking like that. <laughs> so, duh. If it was you, you would have locked out. <laughs> I don't say, ah, let me die now and feel how dead it looks like. I now told Uche, Uche, I want you to use all your power. Let me really see how powerful you are. Use, please, when you want to kill me, don't use small power. Use all of your power so that when it fails, you know that all your power has failed. I want you to use all your powers. So I now had to inbox him. I now told him, you said you, are, you want to kill me. I want you to use all your powers and kill me. Because if I wake up by tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh my God. So now, what I mean is that <laughs> there is a faith believers have. It makes them rugged. It makes them different. It makes them run to something that others are running from. You understand? There's a faith, there's a level of craziness that a believer must have. So, Paul is telling Timothy to have the faith of believers. There is a faith that believers have. Don't run away from your village and say, I don't go to my village or they will kill me. No, you don't have the faith of believers. You are not, you don't look like believers in faith. My brother, all the families in Africa are Akbosong. There is none that is not Akbosong. So, you just have to be a believer. And if you are a believer, you now have to live according to the faith of the believer. The faith of the believer, it's not that the house, your, your family is not powerful. But now you have, you are leaning on the powerful God. So I can't be walking with God that is so powerful and uh, be running. It's like when you are living in, in the principal's house. How many of you lived in a teacher's house when you were going to secondary school or something? You lived in a teacher's house. Is there anybody like that? Imagine if you are living with a teacher or maybe you are living with a principal and you wanted to go to school. And the principal's house is very close to the school. And the principal said, wait, let's go together so you can hold my back. And you are now holding the principal's back. And the senior student is telling everybody, kneel down there. From the gates, everybody kneel down. And you're walking with the principal. It would be very silly that you are walking with the principal. You are even with the principal's back. And you are kneeling down. The principal can even slap you. So now there's a faith of people that are walking with God. It's called the faith of the believers. There's the faith of people that are walking with God. So you can't walk with God and act like you're not with God. It's an insult to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's an insult to God. That you're walking with God and you're acting like you're not walking with him. How come you trust your uncle that is a soldier more than God? So Paul emphasizes and told Timothy, I want you to be an example of the believers in faith. In faith. Now, I need you to pay attention to me. Faith is not empty threats. Faith is not empty making of mouth. So. It's not being talking and you are empty. You, are, you don't have power, you talk so much. If I didn't have power and I told that guy to kill me that night, I would have died. You get what I'm saying? I would have died. So it's not empty talking, challenging people emptily and saying, I have the faith of the believer, get out. Nothing there happened. No. It is in the next one, which is be thou an example 
of believers in purity. Now, if you are pure, there is a power that purity has. Any child of God that is pure, there's a power you accumulate by being pure. I don't know if you know what pure means. There's a power you accumulate by being pure that now makes you have so much of God's power that you can exhibit the faith of the believers and even walk in the spirits of the believers. There's an occasion they do in Eastern Obolo every year. I think they did it first or so. They do it every year. They do some fetish, rubbish stuff there. That's why by April I'm going there to preach. Going there to do a very powerful crusade by April during the during the close to the Easter time. They do a lot of fetish things there. And one of the fetish things they do is that there is this, I don't know how they call it, but one person will carry something. And they say the thing the person is carrying, they will be moving around. People will move around the com- they will move around the community. Some people will line up and they walk around the community like that. And the person will be carrying the thing in his head. And according to some reliable sources I've heard from, they say in the thing that they carry in the, their head, there's a human head there. As in there's a human head. And the person who carries this thing on his head, will actually have to stay. They said before the person comes out, it will actually stay for some days. I can't remember some the days to be specific. The guy will have to stay days without eating from a woman. He doesn't sleep with a woman. Stays in the bush for days to be able to gather enough power, what you call anointing, to be able to execute the assignments that day. And when the person is walking, They'll be putting chain on the person's, person's waist. And the person will be walking like this. And the guys who are putting the chain, they'll be holding it. Very many people will be holding the guy because if the guy gets loose, he can, he can destroy somebody. Do you understand? There was one man in this my local government. I'm from this local government. There was a man here very many years ago, about 200 years ago. The son of this man was talking to me about the man. They said the man was worshipping Enin. This is a name that our, our local government is named after. The man was a worshipper of Enin. Enin means elephants. The man was worshipping the Enin. He said that it is even the Enin that the man was worshipping. That when the Enin goes out and will walk from the Ikor Enin here. That's actually where the Enin was. The Enin was a demon or a deity. And that the demon used to move from here. And will go as far as Mparinin. <laughs> I'm teaching you history now. And they said they will be waking up. When they wake up, they will be seeing the, the mark that the Enin has got on the Mparinin. That's why they named the place Mparinin. Because that's where they always bed. Really where the Enin used to reside was somewhere here. He called Enin. They discovered that the Enin lives somewhere here. But he walks down to those kind of places. And this man was worshipping the Enin. And they said the man was so, so diabolic and fetish. The man who told me was talking about his grandfather. So that the man is so, so diabolic and was so diabolic and fetish. And that people all around used to come to the man for solutions for their problems. And the man, because I was, I finished preaching. The man is a pastor. I finished preaching. And the man called me and was talking to me and said to me, you have preached my heart. And was now telling me about the man. I said, that people around used to come around and listen to the man. 
And the man will give them solutions to their problem. It was a fetish juju man. And the man asked me, do you know what was the secret of that man that made the man so powerful more than all other juju people? I say, I was not the one who said the story. You are the one who is telling the story. So you tell me. So the man said, the man decided to stay in the bush for seven years. Has nothing to do with a woman. Seven good years. That's how the woman became very, very powerful. He has no affiliations with immorality. I said, wow. Even Satan knows what drains power. Even Satan knows it. I met a man. Let me give you more history. I met a man. A soldier friend of mine. And we were discussing. And the guy said that they do initiation for soldiers. That they initiate soldiers. I said, is it like the normal, like, is it official? Or some of you soldiers just went and do diabolic initiation so that gun will not enter? He said, no, 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 it's normal. That they do it for all of them so that gun will not enter their body. I don't know how true it is because I still doubt, but I don't know how true it is. But how I knew it was that the man doesn't eat what women cook. The guy, my friend, he doesn't eat what women cook. And I was not talking to him. I said, so one day he decided to tell me the truth because I was talking to him. When I take him to a restaurant to eat, he said, no, I don't eat in the restaurant. And I know he's hungry. Sometimes he comes to my house and wants to eat and he asks who, who cooks the food. And when I now mention, he said, no. But the day I mentioned that he's a, a guy that cooked it, he will eat. So I now said, Charlie, tell me, what's the problem? He now told me very many things. Very many things that his source of power so that God will not enter into him and all of that. They gave him some warnings. And one of the warnings was that don't do this. And very many things like that. That has just been women cooking and all of that and so on and so forth. So while eating from a woman, something that a woman cooks is not a problem and so on. But the main issue is actually the issue of immorality. The devil knows that it is a source of, it's something that drains strength. It's something that drains strength. It drains the strength of a man. When you read about Limuel's story, have I told you about Limuel's story? Yeah. You find the mother of Limuel telling Limuel something very, very important. And the story of Limuel becomes one of the powerful counsel or advice of a mother that anybody should really pay attention to. Limuel was a friend to Solomon. Limuel told Solomon what his mother told him. Proverbs 31. He said, the words of King Limuel... The prophecy that his mother taught him. Prophecy can be taught. Prophecy can be taught. He said, this is the prophecy my mother taught me. What is prophecy? Something that will happen. So the mother told him something that will happen. I'm teaching you something that will happen. It's like me preaching now and I tell you now that if you live a holy life, you go to heaven. I'm teaching you prophecy. If you live a holy life, you just see yourself in heaven. It's prophecy thoughts. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like me teaching you now, and I teach you, and I said to you, if you live like this, like this, like this, you will prosper in life. And you follow the rules. I'm teaching you prophecy. So he says, this is the prophecy my mother taught me. He saw his brother, friend, and uh, colleague, Solomon. And Solomon was always carrying women up and down and all of that. And Limuel was not. And Solomon was actually telling Limuel, ah, what about, uh, why are you behaving like this? You are a very wise man and so on, a king also. Why can't you just enjoy yourself with these women and all of that? Limuel told Solomon something, something very important that Solomon had to write it down. He said, this is the words of Limuel. 
the prophecy my mother taught me. What's the prophecy? Verse 2. What, my son? This is the voice of the mother now. What, my son? And what, the son of my womb? And what, the son of my vows? What he's saying is that maybe the mother was just passing by and saw Limuel with a woman. And the woman was sitting down on the leg of Limuel and was kissing Limuel. And there was a drink on the table. And the mother was passing by and saw it. And the mother screamed and said, what, my son? What's the son of my womb? What's the son of my vow? That is to say, the child that I vowed, I told God, God, if you give me this child, I'll give it back to you. Is this the kind of child that is now doing this kind of thing? The child of my vow. I have a message you have to listen to. It's called the child you did not train. Very powerful message. So the mother said like that. That's verse 2. Verse 3. The mother started instructing. This is the prophecy now. Are you ready to get the prophecy? Prophecy now. He said, number three, he said, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. So what he was saying to Limuel was that, when you give your ways to women, you have given yourself to that which destroy kings. Limuel is talking to Solomon. He said, this is the prophecy. You see, most of you feel that the prophecy has to be here. There is somebody here. You are actually wearing a white pants. And you say, prophet is true. Prophet is true. It's white. So that's not all. White and has blue lines. That's what you feel prophecy is. <laughs> but that is not a foretell. It's not something that tells you about your future. So it's not prophecy. We'll talk about that later. So he's saying, give not thy strength unto women. Not thy way to that which destroy kings. So he's saying this fornication thing that you're doing is something that destroy kings. It's something that destroy kings. Do you know that I was so shocked two weeks ago? I was so shocked two weeks ago. I've never been that shocked in five years. I was so shocked. Can I tell you what shocked me? I saw a cigarette packet. I took my wife out. So my wife needed to get uh, pepper soup. So I went to somewhere. I wanted to buy something. So the woman sells a whole lot of things. So I wanted to buy pepper soup for her. And uh, I looked at the table, and I saw a packet of cigarette. I didn't know it was a packet of cigarette because I saw lungs. They draw a lungs of somebody. And they draw how the lungs of the person will be when the person keeps smoking cigarette. Oh, God. And I was so surprised. They showed the lungs of somebody who does not smoke cigarette. That is my lungs. And they now show your lungs that smoke cigarette. <laughs> And they show the difference between the two lungs. And if they tell you, choose between these two lungs. I don't think anybody with his right senses would choose the other lungs. The people who are producing the cigarette says, <laughs> Smoking kills. Quit now. That is maybe after the one that you are holding. <laughs> but it- Bothers me how people know these things. Do you know that all smokers know this? They see it. So when I saw it, I now asked the guy I was working with, is it that the people who smoke cigar don't have so much money to buy it in packets? To see it on the packets. And while I was talking, the God told me something. He said, the devil has a trick. And the trick that the devil has is in addiction. Addiction is the devil making you to do something that you know is bad, but you can't help yourself. The same thing with immorality. Everything that has to do with impurity. The devil will make you to know that it is bad. 
but it won't allow you to stop doing it. So, do you know that ever since they wrote this thing, he doesn't stop anybody from smoking. So what happens is that the devil takes people into deep addiction. Makes people to be addicted to something. Make you to look like your life is depends on it. If you, don't, if you leave it, that you are going to die. It is a trick of the devil. So Paul said to Timothy, he said, be thou an example of the believer in purity. Be pure. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy weight at which destroyed kings. He writes in verse 4, it is not for kings, O Limuel. It is not for kings. It is not for kings. These things, when you want to get to a scene, first of all, look at who you are, who God is calling you to be. And he said to Limuel, he said, this is not for kings, O Limuel. It is not for kings to drink alcohol, nor for princes to take strong drink, lest they fall and forget the law. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any that is afflicted. He said, no, 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 no. He said, two things I want you to avoid. If you know you are a king, two things I want you to avoid is I want you to avoid immorality and I want you to avoid taking alcohol. He said, two things. He said, it's not for kings. When you find people drinking alcohol, you need to read my book on the devil in alcohol. Very powerful book. Alcohol. The good wines is the very nice grapes. When it now stays and overstayed, it ferments and turns into alcohol. That one can get somebody drunk. That is the original causes of alcohol. How alcohol came. So now, it wasn't for kings to drink that one that had fermented because kings can afford the very new wine. That is the grape. As the grape comes from the distance and they just produce the juice out of it. They can produce it. Not the soured one. Not the one that's soured and spoiled. So the one that's soured and spoiled was actually for slaves. How many of you have gone to the table before the guests have gone? And they drank and they drank and remained. And you carry malt and turn. Carry mineral and turn small. If you have done it when you were not, uh, wave your hands, let Jesus help you. Yeah. You carry this thing and turn. Carry this thing and turn. So when my mother saw me do that thing once, my mother said, don't do that again. That was from a visitor. Don't drink anything that, that we gave that thing for him. What if the visitor poisoned it? And I said, okay. So if my father sit down with somebody and drink, after they have finished drinking, and now go to the one of my father. <laughs> when God wants you to stop something, it would make something to happen to you. So one day, I went to carry it and turn. I did not know that the drink I wanted to turn was not the new drink that they finished drinking. It was an old drink. They have finished drinking for a long time and they have left it and ants have entered inside. Ants have entered inside. So I now carry it and they go, Jesus. <laughs> so now, I'm closing here. Purity becomes one of the greatest things that God demands from you. Because it is in purity that you can walk in the spirit. And you can also operate in the faith of the believers. Purity. Else, your words are jargons. They are just mere words. You are just, it's just nonsense. It's just going to even challenge somebody. You are challenging no power. Because your power is in your purity. How much you can be able to look like God makes you have the power of God. Bow your heads. Let's pray. Be thou an example of the believers in words, in conversations, in spirit, in faith, in purity. An example of the believers. 
And when you don't have the example of the believers, when you're not operating in the example of the believers, the Bible says that you have a form of godliness denying the power thereof. You have a form of godliness, but have no power. So what God wants us to have is to have both the form of godliness and to have the power thereof. So I want you to pray right now and say, Lord, help me to operate on the standard of believers. Help me to operate on the standard of believers. Help me to operate on the standard of believers. Help me to operate just like a believer. Give me the grace. Give me the ability. Give me the power. Open your mouth and make that a prayer point. Give me power. Give me strength. Give me the anointing of a believer. The anointing of a believer. Help me to walk by the examples of the believer. Paul told Timothy, he says, be thou an example of believers in words, in conversation. Are you an example of the believers? Tell God, help me to live in purity. Be thou an example of the believers in words, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. In faith. Just like believers should be. In spirits, just like believers should be. In conversation, just like believers should be. In charity, just like believers should be. In words, just like believers should be. In purity, just like believers should be. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in hearts, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in hearts. Purity. Purity is very, very powerful. It's the source of your spiritual strength. It's the source of your anointing. Purity, very, very powerful. You can't substitute purity for anything. Prayers and fasting without purity is nonsense. God doesn't take it. You can't substitute purity for anything. Nothing can substitute. You can't give God big money for him to forget that you're living in immorality. You can't because purity is a bedrock for Christianity, for power, for energy, for whatever thing that you're looking for from God. Purity. That's why you keep hearing God say, be holy for I'm holy. Purity is a great tool in the hands of God. If you want to be used by God, if you want God to be close to you, engage in purity. Purity is hating what God hates. And loving what God loves. If God said I don't love it, you don't love it. If God said I love it, you love it. Lord, build me in purity. That should be your prayer point. Lord, help me in purity. Help me to be pure. Help me to walk in purity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the teachings of today. Thank you for what you are giving to us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will help us to obey you to the detail, to obey you to everything that you want us to do. We bind powers of darkness, we bind the works of the enemy, we bind the devil and his plans and his thoughts. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will help us, deliver us from impurity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you're praying right now, I want you to close your eyes. I want us to pray. If you're here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Or you're listening to us from any gadget or any device. And you want to give your life to Christ. I want you to just put your hand on your chest right now. As we pray for you. If your hands are on your chest, I want you to say, Lord Jesus. 
come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Father, forgive me for my sin. Make me your child. Forgive me for my shortcomings. Forgive me for...